I started this business. It was called Straight at Home. And I was like running around LA with like a duffel bag in my like Nissan Xterra doing blowouts for women when their babies were sleeping was like my pitch. And I knew I didn't want it to be really expensive. And like, Mm. you know, I was like a no-name hairstylist. Yeah. Like I knew in LA or New York, it would cost women, you know, upwards of a hundred, if not not more to get a blowout. And I was like, I think if I make it cheap, Mm. a lot more women will call me. Totally. And that's exactly what happened. And I got really busy really fast. And it was like, there was a lot of referrals and at $40 a pop, you know, my name started getting thrown around a lot because they were like, this girl, Allie comes over and does my blow and she only charged me $40 and she's really good. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug in to your new world here. Let's dive in. Every now and again, you hear of a woman, or maybe you're even lucky enough to meet a woman in person as I am today that totally changes the game for women in business and indeed life. I am here with best-selling author, co-founder of Drybar, Canopy, many other businesses, a woman on a mission, Allie Webb, and let's get into it. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. I've just, I am so blessed right now. And it's so cool because for years I've been going to dry bar, which you founded. You, you came up with this whole concept and me being a businesswoman, I always think about what's happening. Like, how did this happen? How did this get here? Yeah. And I followed along your journey and I've watched you just soar, evolve, change the game. And I just want to, first of all, acknowledge you for that. Yes. And for, for all of our listeners, can you just talk about like, how the heck did this start? Well, I mean, as you can see, because my hair is not blown out today and I have naturally curly hair, um, you know, that was really like the common thread for me my whole life. I grew up in South Florida, so it was like very frizzy. Um, you know, wet climate, hot. And, you know, I was just kind of mystified as a kid. Like how do women, you know, when I was growing up, it was like Cindy Crawford and Christy Brinkley, like those were like the supermodels and they had such great hair. And I was like, how in the world did they get their hair to look like that? You know, and fast forward to like working as a receptionist in a hair salon, which I like completely fell in love with in high school. And you know, when everybody was going to college, I was kind of like, I don't really want to go to college. I hate yeah. school. And I didn't know why I would go to college. Like there, I didn't want to do anything that they were offering in college. And, you know, I also grew up with very liberal parents. So I wasn't like dying to like mm. have the college experience because I, you know, I, I had, my parents were so easygoing about, you know, us drinking and going out and like figure it, finding ourselves and all of that. So it's, it's a really long story and it will all be in my book that I'm working on, but which is, you know, largely my whole life story. But, you know, long story short, I ended up going to beauty school, fell in love with it, you know, felt like this was like where I was meant to be. And I became a hairstylist and I moved to New York City and I worked, you know, in in one of the best hair salons in the world for a guy named John Sahag, who was like the pioneer of dry cutting. And he was just like it. Um, He's since passed away. But Anyways, um, I just, I loved hair. I loved the industry. Mm. And I, I did pop around a lot as like a young 20 year old trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, and I also ultimately met my ex-husband in New York city and we, you know, got married. We ended up moving to LA because he worked in advertising and Cam, my ex-husband is the creative you know, genius behind dry bar. He, yeah. was, he was a creative and that's what he did. And anyways, we met in New York, we moved to LA I had two kids and I, you know, I really wanted babies like Mm. for as early as I can remember. So we moved to LA. I have my first son and I'm as like happy as a clam, like just life was perfect. You know, I would spend all day with my son. I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home while Cam worked. And, you know, I was like living the dream. 
And then I had my second son and it got considerably harder, mm-hmm. you know, with two kids. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and it was around the time my kids were probably, my kids are two years apart. They were probably like two and four. I was like, I don't know if I can go to a park one more day, you know? And I was like, I think I need to start. And my poor ex-husband, I, he would come home at the end of the day and I would just be like, like yeah. dying to like talk to, talk to a human. Yeah. You know? And I was, I just spent so much time at the park and I was running after these two kids and I love them. And they're, I mean, now they're 15 and 17 and mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy, but you know, so at the time I was just, you know, really like yearning to do something for myself. And so at that time I decided to start a mobile blowout business and I lived in Santa Monica at the time. And I knew a you know, mommies, I just knew mommies in LA mm-hmm. because that was all I was acquainted with because I had these two little kids. So that was really what I was targeting was like moms. And I put up, and do you have kids? No. Okay. So, okay. so I, if, if some moms would know this, if there's any moms listening, there used to be a, a Yahoo group. I mean, now I'm really dating. Okay. A Yahoo group that was called Peachhead, that if you posted like, I need a babysitter or who's a good pediatrician or whatever you posted, like, all these moms, I think it was like 5,000 moms were on this very coveted like Yahoo group. So I posted one day, like I'm a stay-at-home mom, longtime hairstylist. I was thinking about starting a business where I come to your house, blow out your hair while your baby is sleeping. And I'll only charge like 35 or 40 bucks. Is anybody interested? Well, I got flooded with emails. Wow. I was like, wow, you know, I, this is really interesting. And I think that that was part of me also learning like how much I love marketing and just the bill yeah. and figuring something yeah. out. So I started this business. It was called Straight at Home. And I was like running around LA with like a duffel bag in my like Nissan Xterra. This is awesome. You know, doing blowouts for women when their babies were sleeping was like my pitch, you know? And I ended up charging $40 and it was, um, you know, also it was like 220s felt easy. And I knew I didn't want it to be really expensive. And like, Mm. you know, I was like a no-name hairstylist. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. I just felt like I knew in LA or New York, it would cost women, you know, upwards of a hundred, if not, if not more to get a blowout. And I was like, I think if I make it cheap, mm. a lot more women will call me. Totally. And that's exactly what happened. So I, you know, started building that business and it was like, you know, from the hours, like I dropped off my kids at preschool or with a nanny until like, you know, two o'clock maybe. So I would do a handful of clients in that time. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I, I, that's all I could do. And I got really busy really fast. And it was like, there was a lot of referrals and at $40 a pop, you know, my name started getting thrown around a lot because they right. were like, this girl, Allie comes over and does my blow and she only charged me $40 and she's really good. And yeah, I am really good. So, <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'm going to, you know, you know, really build a business. So I got to the point where I was like, I can't do this on my own anymore. I don't have enough bandwidth. I was starting to say no way more than I was uh-huh. saying yes. So I went to my brother who, Michael Landau, who's my business partner. And I said, I think maybe I should turn straight at home, my mobile business into a brick and mortar, you know, and this was in 2009. Okay. And he, you know, he was like, he's a bald guy. He's like, I don't understand. Right. Why can't women blow out their own hair? Yeah. Like, what is this? It's never going to work. Did you get, yeah. Tons of it's never going to work. And not only that, when we opened our first location in Brentwood over here, um, San Vicente, that whole shopping center was really dead at the yep. time. You know, it was like, and I remember when we when we did finally like get the lease and we were under construction, people would walk, I was there constantly and people would walk by and say like, you know, every business that's been here has failed. And it was just like, mm. you know, and it was in the middle of a recession. I mean, yeah. Into 2010, which is yep. a recession. And, you know, it was just this thing that we were, it was a flyer, you know, it's like, does, does this work? Are there enough women out there that would do this. And, you know, and I felt in my heart of hearts that there was, and I felt like I, I kind of did a little bit of like my own market research with, with straight at home. And I knew that there were women out there who were loving what the service I was providing. So it was like taking that mobile, you know, business and turning it into a brick and mortar and still keeping the pricing really low. Yeah. You know, our big, you know, I think a moment was like, if we can keep it at a price that's affordable, it was actually 35 where my mobile business was 40. And, you know, it looks and feels really nice. Mm -hmm. And the customer service is really great. And, you know, my brother and I grew up with our parents had their own business. So we had that like, yeah, really bend over backwards, everything, you know, the the customer's always right. The customer's king, all of that is bred in us. And, 
So, you know, if you can get the customer service, the price is right, the ambiance and the feeling is right, and the branding and all of those uh. things, which, you know, I was so lucky because Cam, my ex-husband, is, is a genius in that department. My Michael, my brother, is kind of the business side of things, and I was hair and experience. And so mm-hmm. the, it, it really felt like the stars aligned for us to come yeah. together. And, you know, we weren't like having to really pay ourselves, and we were just going to like give this a go and see if it worked. And you know, that was 12 years ago. So oh my gosh. Now there's like 160 locations and there's been a big product line. We've since sold it. Yeah. But yeah, it was just such such a crazy like rocket that we were Wow. On. So how many years was it like you were in it? It was growing. You have the kids, you have the yeah. how many years like have you been? Yeah, when we were working in it and then you see the growth of it. Yeah. It, it was like, you know, I would so the I mean it's the first like Two year. I mean, it was like drinking from like a hose, you know, so crazy. The first couple of years were so insane and we didn't really know what we were doing. Right. You know, I knew the hair business pretty well. Right. I never run a hair salon. Right. I didn't know it that well. Right. But I I worked in enough hair salons to know basically how it works. And I think it's funny now because when I look back, I think about all the other jobs which I don't need to go into, but like all the other jobs that really uniquely prepared me mm. to be at the helm of this company. I worked in PR. So I learned how to like be professional because that was the only job I ever had that I was in an office. You know, I, I worked in a lot of hair salons. So I saw the owners of hair salons, how they dealt with situations and, and all of that. So all of that stuff was just like stored up. Yeah. You know, so I had a unique perspective and, you know, I, I'd spent the majority of my life being obsessed with my own hair. So I knew a lot about this innately, yeah. instinctively knew yeah. a lot about this business. So, you know, it just, it was like crazy from the get-go. We were so busy in Brentwood. And then, you know, by the time we started opening more and more stores, like it, there was definitely a build. I mean, we had, mm-hmm. you know, we opened Brentwood. It was so busy. We were like the hot club you couldn't get into. <laughs> and then we opened Studio City and it like, it was busy, but not that busy. And right. It really build that business. And then yeah. West Hollywood, it was the same thing. It was like busy, but not, it wasn't like on fire. Right. And so it, looked, it took us a lot of time and we started hiring more and more people. And, you know, and that was kind of the trajectory is like, we, we started and it was really my brother's insight. He's like, we need to hire head of the curve. We need to hire people who are smarter than us. Yes. We need to hire people who know how to grow and scale a business. Yeah. We did not. Right. We had no fucking idea. Yeah. Like we were clueless. Right. But we knew this business and we yeah. did and we knew how to make it successful. Mm-hmm. We just needed other people like to make sure people got paid on time. Yeah. To make sure we were like doing everything legally. Like it was just so many things and operations and systems that needed to be in place that like we didn't really know how to. And I didn't like any of that. No, I liked, you know, I liked the creative part of it. I liked being in the stores and like, I could look at a woman getting a blowout and know instantly if she wasn't happy for whatever reason. And I could come in and investigate it and figure out what was going on and what was going wrong. And I could switch out the stylist if I needed to, like, I just instinctively knew all of that. So, you know, it was just mayhem and like controlled chaos for so many years. And, and it just built and built and we kept on opening more and more because there was so much demand. Right. Get emails and DMs from people all over the country, all over the world, really Mm -hmm. asking us to open one. And, and what was also kind of fascinating is how many copycats started popping up. Right. And those they weren't great. Like they didn't, they're not doing, you know, cause I'm a member. Okay. So <laughs> no, this is really like, I, I, I preach this is, you know, habit stacking. So I'll go get a blowout and then I answer messages at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And, you know, or it might be a day where I just need to check out of the yeah. world and I'll just like get my scalp massaged. Yeah. But when I go to different, if I do go to different places, it's not same. Not the same. Yeah. It doesn't stay as long. It's so fascinating because, you know, I remember when, when copycat started opening up and I was like, <gasps> you know, I was so nervous about it and I was so scared, you know, they were going to eat our lunch and that was and yeah. it, like, Oh, this is it. Right. And then what I quickly realized was you know, what I would hear from clients, like you just said, it wasn't the same and they couldn't really pinpoint it, but I mean, I could, Right. you know, it's like the lighting The you know, we very specifically have a lot of paneling and padding in the shop Yeah. that helps absorb a lot of the sound. You know, we have mirrors because the sound from the music, the sound from the blow dryers, there's just so much sound coming at you. And then the mirrors that are behind the stations, that was like a takeaway from my mobile business because 
I was always doing women's hair, like in their kitchen or their living room, rarely in their personal bathroom. Right. So they weren't looking at a mirror. So I wanted to take away that, you know, as women to stare at ourselves in a mirror for 45 minutes. I know it's like a lot. Yeah. It's you a don't lot. want to do that. No, like, yeah. Just in your head. About, right. I look tired. I don't like this. Or right. And so that was another thing that we took away. And so the copycats and the competitors never really got all of yeah. that, which how could they, you know, it's right. like, this has been like my life's work that I'm pouring into this place. It's going to be pretty hard mm-hmm. for you to copy that, you mm-hmm. know? And so we would hear time and time again from clients, like I went to so-and-so because I couldn't get in dry bar and it didn't last as long. It wasn't as good. They didn't treat me as well. Yeah. All the things. So, you know, we, we really very quickly realized we were onto something really special yeah. kind of kept going, you know? Oh, so cool. And what I think about from a leadership perspective, because I travel the world, especially in the United States speaking, and my assistants always like found the dry bar. Like I was in New York, it's right here. It's in Nordstrom. Yeah. We got you, blah, blah, blah. It's just a thing, yeah. you know? And I always think about, I'm like, it's like top down. Yeah. I'm like the girl in the front is like, handling me so well. I think of the leadership and how, how did you know, or did you get help to train the staff? Because I've been to enough of them where it's consistent. They're consistently awesome women or men that are doing my hair, but the way I'm getting checked out, it's consistently great. It's like so consistent. Do I need any of my travel products? Which I, by the way, I love my hairspray and, you know, and I, so I think of that, how did you embed your culture? It seems like your culture is so well embedded in this company. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And it's probably like the bane of my existence because, you know, like you said, it is top down and, and that's so much how we think of it. And I think because of our you know, bend over backwards mentality to our customers and to the staff, you know, it's like that you, you, you can't fake that. You can't phone that in. And so, you know, for us, it was like when I would, you know, go into a store, you know, or when I, when it first started, I was in the store all the time. And it's like the way I treated customers and the way I treated, you know, anybody who worked with us was like, the way I wanted everybody to treat everybody, yeah, you know, and that, and I think that that is why, you know, you hear so many businesses. It's like, what is, what is, how is the leadership? And are you the kind of person as a founder or boss or leader or whatever, like that will go and clean the toilets and the floors? Like right. it was, you know, yeah. I did, there was no job beneath me. There yeah. was no job beneath me. Yeah. And that mentality permeates through an organization. Mm. And of course, like we did tons of things to like perpetuate that, culture. And, you know, the, the other thing about the, the salon world is that it's, it's historically pretty like cutthroat, right. Eat what you kill. Everyone's working for themselves. Totally. With, with dry bar, it was more like, you know, we're all in this together. That's the and, feeling. I yeah. And it's like, yeah, the idea is like, everyone's working together and it is like, everyone's paid hourly. So you're making your tips and you should be working really hard for those, but you are, everyone is like helping out. Everyone's cleaning together. And, you know, and, and we would always give the managers like a stipend of like, here's X amount of money for you to do whatever you want with your staff. So if you're having a really hard day or it's really hot out or whatever, and you want to get everybody like, you know, Jamba Juice, which yeah. doesn't exist anymore, yeah. but, you know, just whatever you can do, yeah. like keep morale up and keep people happy. And and the other thing about that is I think as, as good, a good manager, in my experience, like will understand and get into it with all their different employees. Like, mm-hmm. cause some employees want, you know, a pat on the back. Some want a raise, some want right. to like, go do a product shoot. Some want to do editorial, like whatever it is. Like if, if your manager is really aware of what you want to do, what makes you happy, what keeps you motivated, mm-hmm and it's not always money, then, right. then, you know, making sure that everyone kind of has their needs met and mm. feels heard and seen all of those things. It's yeah. not just one thing, right? right? It's like all of these things that I'm talking about, you know, really contribute to how a store feels when you yeah. walk in and you're like, you just feel really good, you yeah. know, and it's because of like a million other, a million little things before yeah. you walk in the door. You know, and of course we don't always get it right. And of course right. we have like a grumpy person, right? Um, you know, and they, you know, real life happens. But right. generally, I think that you know we've been able to 
have such a, a strong impact where you mm. feel that way because of like all of these little mm. things. So do you like put that in a handbook? Do you like do an onboarding thing? And, you know, I, I think I think somebody made a handbook at some point. Because <laughs> you know, I remember when we you know, started to bring in people to like implement and to put, because you have to do a certain amount of handbooks for franchising. Right. Things that you have to do, not my area. Yeah. Lots of strengths and weaknesses. Like nobody wants me putting together yeah. a handbook. But it is, I do largely inform it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there were like, <laughs> I wonder if I could find these old videos. At one point I was so frustrated because I have such, such high standards. When I would walk into a dry bar and I wasn't like immediately greeted the way I wanted to be greeted. So I made a video that I had like, you know, I think I made Cam, I was like, I told Cam at the time, I was like, either I'm going to make this video and it's going to be a shitty iPhone video, or you're going to film this and we're going to do it, but I'm yeah. putting it out there. Yeah. And I made a video of like what a receptionist or aka bartender, as we call them, should and should not be doing. And I was like, I'm not an actress, but I was like, you know, behind the front desk on my cell phone, like chewing gum, yeah. like, you know, one minute, yeah. you know, just being a jerk and being like what I didn't want our people to, right. be. you know, and it was just like, there were those times where it was hard to teach, you know, you, you, it's like, it's hard to teach like kindness and general class and grace and to teach emotional and, intelligence. And, and you can, and there yeah. are so many people who are willing and like are hungry for the information. Yeah. And then there's just people that have never been treated that way themselves. Right. That it's just a foreign concept. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of like figuring out who to hire. Also, I'm a big believer in like, you know, hire fast, fire fast. If yeah. It's not working. It's not working. That's like right. Can't, sometimes you just can't make it work. And, you know, there's a lot of laws that yeah. make that hard. For sure. But yeah, you know, so the culture is a big thing. And, you know, and I think it goes like this and over totally. the years, like, you know, sometimes it feels great. Ultimately, like it, it's always, it was always the thing that like got me the most, like my mm. biggest pain point, the thing that kept me up at night. However, when I would bring it up in board meetings, which I would bring it up a lot, yeah. you know, it's like the data, which is like also a term that like, I don't really give a shit about, but like right. the data yeah. will show you because we, you know that we do the surveys after you leave and yes. we ask you how things are. And the data was always like, it was like 1% of clients were unhappy. Mm. And, you know, we're doing, we, I don't know how many we do now, but at the time we were doing like over a million blowouts a year. Jeez. So 1% is a pretty still big number. It's a hundred thousand people. Right. To me, it's like, it's so many people. Right. They're not in the, not in the, the big picture. Yeah. But I'd still get stuck on that. Number yeah. And I'd still be the, I'd still just be beating that drum. And, you know, but we had so many fish to fry. Right. It's like, you know, and that was like yeah. another thing. It was just building this business and just so much to do and yeah. so little bandwidth. It's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, this is so inspiring. And your excellence, like I truly believe has made this company because having that attitude of caring, of intricate yeah. detail I mean, from like a brand perspective, even the branding, it's so yeah. tight. Yeah. It's so tight. And so many people that I work with, they're either doing personal brands, trying to come up with a company. Yeah. Like, was that your vision of like, here's the book, here's the different blowouts, here's the coloring, here's the vibe, here's them. Even when I'm sitting there, it's like, there's a fun old movie on that kind of puts me in a mood, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, how, was that you? Was that the team? Well, I mean, it was the team. A lot of it was me, you know, yeah. I knew that I wanted this business to, to, I mean, I think the business was largely a reflection of my personality. Yeah. I'm not sure everybody who knows me would agree with that, but like sunny, happy, bright. And it was a California brand. And what Cam, my ex-husband did so brilliantly was when we were concepting this idea for Dry Bar, he looked around at what other hair salons were doing and, and they're all like black and white and dark and smoky and like, bleh, you know? right. and not, not that it's always bad, but we wanted something completely different. Mm. And, and he was like, this is your baby. This is your idea. It should you know, be a reflection of you. And, you know, so the, the yellow and the bright and happy and sunny is like when we were working with our architect, Josh Heitler, who's amazing, you know, I would, I pulled a bunch, I pulled pictures and things that I love, like, you know, like these really beautiful marble bathrooms. Yeah. And I pulled a lot of pictures, like a lot of French inspiration. Yeah. I mean, 
it's amazing it came out as good as it did because I would like give him something super modern and then like a French boudoir and I'd be like, make this work. But, <laughs> uh, but, but it, it points back to yeah. why it's important to have people who are mm. better at things that That's are. right. And I don't know anything about architecture. Right. I'm not an interior designer. Right. I have like, I think I know what I like, yeah. but it was Josh who really like was able to pull mm. it You know, Cam kind of came up with the branding and he was working on the website and I knew what I wanted I, I felt really strongly about naming all the hairstyles after drinks, which my brother, which is always just like now a joke. My brother thought it was like cheesy. And he was like, women are not going to do this. I'm like, yes, they are. Uh-huh. They're going to sit in a chair and they're going to be like, I'm going to have the Cosmo. Yes. And women loved it. We love it. Women love it. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, I'm, trust me on this one. So, you know, and I also knew that like, you know, the Cosmo, which was like lots of loose curls and the, yeah. the Mai Tai beachy wave yes. or the Manhattan super streak was different than the straight up, which was straight. But yeah. yeah, and I knew that like they would be timeless and they would survive the trends. You know, it's like, mm. of course, like there's so many trends that happen in hair, but just like fashion, like yeah. all kind of comes full circle. And like, totally. I remember, you know, I mean, obviously like the whole world is obsessed with Kim Kardashian and yeah. she has with her hair. And, you know, she went through a phase where she was like doing that, like, you know, like the uh, Maryland brush waves. So we did add a style that was like that because I was like, I think this is like kind of here to stay because it is old. Totally. She brought it back. Yeah. And so that was always my, like, I want things to feel like timeless and classic Mm -hmm. and then we can build around it and do whatever to make it feel more modern. That's, that's another part of the business that I feel so proud of is that we would teach these hairstyles like you need to be able to execute all of these but on all different hair types and textures and whatever and you can add your own like flair yes make it look and feel the way you want it to but here's the basics and so a client like you might you know get a cosmo that looks a little different from that stylist versus this stylist but you're like Kind of like a that's what's yeah. fun about it it's great about it yeah so all of the little touch points that you see in the shop like the charging station for the iphones and like the movies were my idea but the charging stations were my brother's idea and like we all kind of like brainstormed this for a long time mm-hmm. to figure out like how do we make this experience like yeah awesome for women so cool you know and it was like and the price is right the customer service is great you're treated really well it's like your hair looks amazing Ugh. and and really like and I'm, I'm sure you experienced this too, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I knew women loved getting blowouts, but we would see women come in and you still, if you were to sit and drive her all day today, you would see this. A woman comes in, her hair is like in a bun, she's wearing a hat, yeah. very serious, like, you know, a little grumpy. Right. And when she walks out, there's this like visible. Yes. Stuff and she's yes. Like, stuff in every That's me sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's an instant confidence. Oh, it's builder. so cool. We, we figured that out pretty soon too. And like very quickly, our internal mantra became, you know, we're not just selling blowouts. We're selling the happiness and confidence that come to yeah. the blowout. And that's, you know, that was really why it worked. Yeah. You know, selling confidence. Wow. Kudos to you. This is so inspiring. <laughs> how how hard was it? Like I can be a control freak sometimes. So how hard was it to, you know, like the only way to go up is to hire a team and to outsource. Yeah. Like, was it hard for you to do that? Very. Okay. Very. I mean, so, so hard. And what's funny now is now, you know, my husband, my new husband is a coach. He coaches founders and entrepreneurs. And cool. it's just so ironic because I remember when like friends of mine, because all of my friends are founders of other businesses. And I think it was my friend, Ellen Bennett, who has the company Headley and Bennett, the aprons. Yeah. Um, she was on my podcast, which we don't have anymore, but, and she was telling us that she hired a coach. And I was like, for what? You know, like, why? And she was like, well, because it's really helping me like manage and she's CEO and da, da, da. and I was like, I don't know. Well, yeah. Right. And it's funny when I met Adrian and he's a coach and I was like, it's kind of like hocus pocus, like this bullshit that you do. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know, which I'm, you know, went over really well, but now I'm, I really, I obviously know what he does and, yeah. and he's, it's so brilliant and it's so smart. And I realized that would have been so helpful to me. I would say around like year four or five. Yeah. Like it just was so overwhelming. I was just so mad all the time yep. at so many things because we were bringing in other people. We brought in a professional CEO and we brought in a head of retail. We brought in like this whole big, like, you know, level of executives. Right. And, you know, in, in their defense, they were hired to do a job and they were doing it. 
you know, it, it, for me, it was like, why are you not talking to me about every single right you're making? Yeah. Like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> but I also realized that like, I needed to let people go and do their own thing. And I, what I needed to do was to get clear mm. about what was important to me, what was like not important to me, what was like, go run with this and say to whomever was in charge of whatever mm. division, like, Hey, this piece of it is really important to me. So let's make sure we're talking about this. Like right. I mean, now that language sounds so easy, but I didn't have that language. Right. Right. And and being with Adrian and learning from him. And I was such an avoider. I was yes. such an avoider. Yeah. You know, and I, but I would go and bitch to my brother. Right. Poor brother. We'd, I'd be like, what the fuck is she doing? What? You know, so <laughs> right. mad. Yeah. But I didn't have like the language to go and like have the conversation. I just avoided it. Yeah. I would just be pissy and oh mad. My gosh. Yeah. And so I was, it was tough. And, and John Hefner, who was our CEO for a long time, who had worked in like founder run organizations before when he came in, he very much helped me start to like, be mm. like, Allie, you got it. You know, cause I would also like walk into the stores and lose my shit. Yeah. Cause I wasn't greeted the way I wanted to be. The yeah. music wasn't loud enough. The floorboards were dirty. Like I mean, yes. so I, so for me, it was like going into dry bar was almost more painful than it was enjoyable because I would be like assaulted with all the things that I that weren't exactly the way I wanted them. For you, you probably didn't notice and you were just happy yeah. to be there, which is great. But right. for me, I was like, these are the little things that we have to make sure mm. we're getting right because eventually the, our clients will start to notice. And, right. You know, and, and John really kind of helped me, you know, get a little bit of a perspective mm. on that, but it was hard. And so it was really hard as we grew, there was so much tension and yeah. so much friction yeah. between, you know, me and our like yeah. executive team, um, that, you know, I don't know that I ever really got right. Yeah. And I think if I were to do it again, I would do it a little differently in that. Yeah. Part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It, it feels like just through watching some of your journey, there's like a lightness about you mm. now. There is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've just like, you just, you know, we all grow through things and I deeply resonated with you, um, on Lauren's skinny confidential podcast. And you just were so, you were so open. And this is something I just like mad respect for you because you've built not only one business, lots of businesses, you've done a lot but you're so humble and you're an honest woman. And I listened to a podcast, Yeah, but it's just, it takes a lot to die to your ego every day. And you can tell you really want to help. Yeah. And I listened to you and you talked about the transition of your marriage and, and, and really finding love again. And after I listened to your whole story, you know, as this public woman, has gone through all this and founded a company with your ex, all the things, raising the kids, going through the life. I literally had to go lay on the grass. And it was just like, my heart was swelling. I felt like so grateful for that. Would you like talk a little bit about that transition in life and and what that's been like? Because, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm touched that it hit you. And, you know, I, I did hear a lot of stories like that after the podcast with Lauren. And, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know why I have felt compelled to be so open and public about all this stuff. And I, I think it's because of stories like this Yeah, and I, you know, got flooded with stories like this when I, after that podcast and anytime I've been on a podcast where I'm talking about that stuff, you know, it's like, so obviously we just talked about all the dry bar stuff yeah. built, you know, and, and what I found was, you know, I got married when I was 27, mm-hmm. was pretty young. And, you know, Cam and I immediately had children and then we had dry bar. And so our whole lives were wrapped around our children and dry bar. And we didn't, I knew it wasn't right. And I knew mm-hmm. in terms of, I knew it wasn't right in, in terms of like, you know, we weren't like, or I wasn't like, you know, <laughs> JM now, which is like, you know, I didn't want to have sex. Like, yeah. I didn't want to be intimate. And totally. I was like, I just think that like, okay, that's just not who I am. Like, yes. And like brushed it off that, you know, just shopped a lot. Like did, a, I remember my brother said to me once, like, you know, that like the shopping is like filling this hole. And I was like, oh my, what you're talking about? 
yeah. shut up, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, in retrospect, I realized he's right. But so there was just something missing with us that I wasn't willing to really look at back to being an avoider. You know, it, it like, it permeates everywhere, right? Yeah. And, you know, it would, it would take a lot of years and there were definitely times in, we were married for 16, 17 years. And there were times in the marriage where I did try to be like, I think maybe we should not be together, but we had kids. And so, right. you know, he was very much like, we should stay together because we had these little kids. And I was like, you're right. You're right. You know? And so I kind of always just like, no, let me do this. And, you know, like, you know, I was really close to my mom and my mom really loved Cam and Cam's like a, a great guy. Like yeah. nothing bad to say about him. Yeah. He's a great father. He's a really good guy. We're still very right. friendly and whatever. And my mom really adored Cameron. And, you know, it wasn't until my mom got sick. Um, my mom died of uh, lung cancer, like about six years ago. And like on her deathbed was like, don't leave Cam. Like she knew that I was unhappy. It was just always there. And you know, my mom, oh. God bless her. She, I think she like knew that I was going to, that I wanted to. Right. Know? And, and, I, but I think when she died, it like released something. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that led up to me right. ultimately deciding to, to take the plunge and like, yeah, I to, to do this. But, you know, it, it <laughs> had I known what was, li- what would lie ahead in terms of like, the turmoil and like the ultimate like deep depression I fell into mm. because so what happened was like we decided to end the marriage we were we were still in this business together you know that our main office of dry bar was in Orange County but Cam and I had opened a like satellite office in LA and I you know shared this creative office with him which was like PR marketing creative and mostly his team of creative people and I was, I couldn't go there anymore. Yeah. And I was I, like, m- my identity was really starting to get, become in question. And, you know, I wasn't, I was, I was already starting to kind of make my way out a little bit of dry bar. And so I wasn't like, I wasn't in the main office anymore. You know, I was kind of just felt like I was like free falling or right. Moving. Right. Our marriage had ended at that time. He wasn't really talking to me and we were like at odds. It was fresh. So, yeah, it was fresh. And it, you know, it was, it was incredibly, incredibly painful. And, you know, I, I, I struggled because I was like, I, I wanted this, like, why am I so upset? Why am I so sad? But, you know, I, I was like, I was on a show and like, it was like an energy healer who said, you may not like be in love with your husband anymore, but you're, 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 there's an, and basically a, a hole, a space that he filled that is no longer being filled. That's just like the, yeah. the person you talk to every day, the person you parent with, you right. know, there's like a big gaping hole where that person yeah. was. And so now I was like a single parent and I was like having to navigate all this stuff. And my older son, you know, kind of started going off the rails. He would end up going to rehab for two mm. years and he's good now. Yeah. He's a football game tonight and like awesome, but it was rough for a while. And, you know, and ultimately I, I, you know, now I know Cam and we've had conversations. It's grateful that we ended our relationship and that, you know, we both are, you know, doing our own things. Um, But it was incredibly painful Mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, I, I felt really stuck and stifled and I did, you know, before we came on, you know, we were talking about how, you know, I just thought I wasn't, the kind of person that like needed a romantic, intimate relationship. And I just thought, that's yeah. and that's cool. You know, and then when I met Adrian, I was like, oh, no way. Oh. And, you know, and I'm oh. like, I mean, and he's like, oh. he's really the love of my life. And he's, and I'm like, I can't like get enough of him. Right. You know, like, I just want to like touch him and it, hug him and, you know, all the other stuff. All the time. It's so, <laughs> it's so cool. It's to, it's a, I feel like I'm mirroring you, like in my life, yeah. same thing, got married younger. I thought like, oh, I'm just an alpha female. Yeah. I'm a business girl. Like, I don't need all that. Right. I suppress and like all of it. You know, it's like Cam, you know, again, such a great guy. And I, I really like, I of course. bad to say it. Yeah. But, you know, he was more like Metro and he was just like, and like Adrian is this very manly man and he's, you know, very chivalrous. And he, in our first conversation, he said something to me, like, it's always better when he says it because I mess it up. But something to the effect of like, you have, you have such a big personality. You live this big life and you, at the end of the day, you need somebody that you can like fall into. Totally. At the end of the day. And I was like, 
<laughs> you know, and I didn't know that. Like, right. I didn't I, that those like words like that. I, I was like, I right. would have thought I even needed that. But then I was like, that is what I want. You know, I want somebody who takes care of me because we have big lives and big personalities and we're out there being yeah. big. Yeah. It's like we want, and he, what he said was a, a soft place to land. Yeah. A soft place to land. Yeah. And, 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 oh, did that resonate with uh, me? You know, it's like, I was like, yes. You know, and, and we, you know, and he, I am a big personality and it is sometimes annoying to him, but mm-hmm. I, but he is ultimately that like soft place for me to land where I feel like I can just, you know, yeah. be like, I mean, I, you know, and, and I, I mean, I also wasn't very affectionate as a, as a human with my friends, with anybody. It was like, I was very guarded. I was like, keep your distance from me. And, you know, with him, I'm like constantly touching him all over him. Mm-hmm. All over him. Like, well, who is, where did you Yeah. How did you like open up? Was it just, did your souls just gravitate? And because he held such a strong space, it allowed you to kind of just simmer down as a powerful woman. <laughs> such a good way to put it. Yeah. I think, yes. But I do think like, you know, you mentioned softening, which I think I did. And my, my brother like affectionately refers to me as Ali 2.0 now <laughs> because of like all, like I was saying, I was very tightly wound. I was very mad all the time. I was just like, tight grip on life and when the divorce happened and I felt this like huge loss that caused a lot of depression and sadness for me that I never dealt with I think it was a little wrapped up in my mom's death too it's a lot push that away yeah um and so there was all this stuff that was like the floodgates kind of open and I think and then my son like you know I mean I can't really talk about without getting emotional but like fighting for his life you know it was like, it was crazy. And I think all of that, I mean, have you read the, you probably had, there's a book called Broken Open by, um, what's her name? Pen, Pendra. I'll send it to you. Yes, please. It was like this, just like everything opened and everything fell apart. Like everything fell all apart. At all at once. Like from like the dry bar stuff, my marriage, my son. And it was like, when you go through something like that, you just change. You do. become so much softer as a person. I, at least that's what happened to me uh-huh. where I was just like, shit, like I let go of the grip and, and I did a lot of work on myself yeah. to like onsite, which is, um, this place outside of Nashville where you go for like six days and they take your phone and you just like, amazing. Wow. Greatest thing. Um, which is an organization doing a lot of great things around gun violence and whatever. Awesome. But, um, yeah. And so, you know, it was like, it was just, it was like a, a healing and softening yeah. phase for me. So I think the time I met Adrian, I had already softened quite a bit, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, our first phone call was like five hours long, maybe even longer. And, you know, I told him all about dry bar, right. things I had told you. And, you know, and, and I, and I do have this side of me that's very strong and driven and, mm. you know, I can be very, you know, yeah. focused on whatever I'm doing, but the the balance and the thing that was missing for me for so much of my life was that mm. you know counterpart to all of that which was this soft place to land yeah and Adrian so it's so beautiful my kids by the way adore him too yeah he's so different than their dad and they get so much you know greatness from their dad and now they have this other man in their life that is like so cool you know, is, is also really great so and so you and you got married and I got married oh my yeah. congratulations yeah, oh you. my gosh yeah. yeah and it's fun to to you know maybe when this maybe if you get married again it's fun to plan your second wedding because yeah. it's like exactly how you want it yes I mean, my first marriage was a lot my first wedding was a lot of like the way my parents wanted totally it. yeah that's when I wore a pink dress like I was like I'm just gonna do whatever I want and oh it was, it was perfect where was the wedding in Solvang and um like kind of up near Santa Barbara oh beautiful yeah, yeah. so so good so yeah so what's, what's, what now? Yeah. What, what now lady? Cause I know, <laughs> I know you, your type, you yeah. don't just like lay in bed all day. No. And, well, it's funny. Well, maybe, I don't know. No, I don't. I, I mean, I have four, now we have four kids between. Wow. Them. So there's, there's not sadly enough time for laying in bed. Although I am that girl that like, I, if I can get in bed by nine, I'm yeah. pretty happy. Same. I love, yeah. I love being in my bed. I love watching TV. Like, yeah. please. But 
during the day, I'm pretty driven. And, you know, we've started another company called Squeeze, which is a massage concept. And it's the same founding team as Drybar. We took Brittany Driscoll, who was our old head of marketing at Drybar. She's the, she's a CEO and our co-founder okay. and she's done incredible things. I mean, that business is about to explode. You Maybe by the time this airs, there is so much happening. We've we decided to take it into a completely franchise okay. model instead of which Drybar was like a little bit of both. Um, and we've sold 50 franchises in the last six months. Yeah. And the thing about Squeeze, it is a massage concept. It's brick and mortar, but everything is based on the app. So you book on the app, you tip on the app. Just love AI. this. Okay, I'm and you already have a client. It's all on the app. So yeah. you like oil or lotion or you like the bed heat uh-huh. or, or you know what I mean? Like the temperature in the room, the music, the oils, like everything is so customized. So, you know, Brittany's just done an incredible job. And they come to the house? No, no. You no, go you go there, you go but there. you just pre-book it all. You pre-book it. With so you can practices. just go in. Yes incognito and just go in yes and then it's all there and then when you leave and there's also like when you lay in the bed there's like a little button that you press so the therapist knows that you're ready instead of like having to like do the bad scramble yeah around naked yeah um but when you're done you know you basically you just walk out there's no checkout there's no check oh. check out so you're just because you do it all on the app it's just easy yeah so yeah it's like you say you walk in and float out because you don't have to deal with like what you normally yes in any kind of spot yeah i'm like trying to find the money and my drooling my mascara is on my face yeah you know right you're in this like zen state right and now you have to be like oh i have to like do you have my points or do you know whatever whatever right so yeah it's it's been really exciting to watch that and then you know i took on this role as the president of canopy which i feel like it's it's a newer brand, so a lot of people don't know about it, but Canopy are humidifiers, which also seem like a weird stretch for me. Right. It's actually not because what I learned very early on when, when I discovered this company was that, you know, having a humidifier going next to your bed is incredibly good for your skin because it's hydrating to your skin. Okay. So it's like this beauty hack that most women don't know about. No. I didn't know. No. You know that, and you know, dermatologists will tell you if, you know, it, it, it kind of like, hides fine lines and wrinkles mm. because you see fine lines and wrinkles when your skin is dry. This makes sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah. You look at people who live in like South Florida or Nicaragua or somewhere that's like very humid. Mm. They just look better and younger because their skin is hydrated. It's you know? so true. So, and your makeup adheres better. Like skincare works better if your skin is hydrated instead of dry and porous. So I learned about this. It also affects your scalp, which is part yeah. of your skin and your hair. Oh. So I'm like, shit, this is amazing. And so I, now I have like 15 humidifiers in my house because I know how good they are. And I noticed like, you know, my hair like started to grow more. It's more healthy. My skin looks and feels better. And I was like, this is amazing. Why don't more people know about this? So I joined as the president to really like help this cause. And, you know, the business has been really like on fire the last, like I came in when they were just about a year old. They had an incredible year through the pandemic. Now we're in Sephora where I don't know if it's public yet, but we're about to go into Blue Mercury. We're, you know, working on the, that business and have a really strong DUC business. And, you know, there's just such an incredible mm. runway because the other thing about the canopy is, and I'll send you one. I'm, yeah. everybody. I'm so excited. Like I'm, saying, I'm like going to share this with the world. Yeah. Like this is such a, they look, uh, and I'll show you which is on Instagram or whatever. They look really chic. They don't, they're not blue and medical and ugly. Yeah. If you ask anybody and you can ask anybody, everybody yeah. has a humidifier story, whether they got it because they were sick or they're like, they had a baby. Those are like the two main, totally. but they're blue. They get moldy. They're gross. Yeah. We'll throw them away. The, the, what these guys did that was so brilliant is they developed this humidifier that all you have to do is really like change a filter every six weeks. And you see when you take the filter out, cause you don't need to put filtered water. Yeah. Into it. When you take this filter out, it has like all the crap that was in your water, but that's really the only cleaning element. It has mm-hmm. like an led light in it. So it, it will, it will run till it's bone dry. So there'll never be water. Mm-hmm in it yeah collect mold yeah which is what most humidifiers which is crazy that humidifiers have been around and it's this multi-billion dollar business but people buy them and then they throw them away right you know so it's it's just so crazy it's like one of those things that like why hasn't anybody yeah fixed this sooner yeah you know so they made this really cute one it looks good in your house and it works really well and it's a beauty hack oh my so, god like i'm in let's make i mean this this makes all the sense in the world yeah yeah. yeah. It, like, if you really think about it, you're like, duh. Yeah. It is such a basic thing. And that's why, like, I came aboard. I'm yeah. like, we just need to get the word out 
to more women. And yeah. you know, it's interesting that you, you know, you were, you heard about me on Lauren's podcast and Lauren has her own canopy that is like this very Lauren one, yeah. very pink and like, yeah. and, and cool. And it's like her branded one because yeah. before canopy, she just was such, she would like say, you guys have to have a humidifier because she's all about skin and oh yeah. And that's oh yeah. Her, her that's thing. her thing. And so she has her own Lauren Bostick canopy. So, so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. Ugh, what, what makes your heart burn? Like what, like bad or good? Good. Like, um, what are you, like, what's driving you? You know, it's, today? it's funny. I, I am, you know, I've, I've gotten on board with these different things and we've started these businesses and, you know, I'm, I get courted a lot to come and help other people grow their businesses. Sure. And I'm actually in the throes of talking to this new company that I'm really excited that actually like regrows hair, which is pretty crazy. I mean, it, and Adrian's like the perfect test case because he had like he was balding and okay. my ex-husband is bald and yeah. I was like, I'm not bald again. Like I need, I need this guy to have it. Yeah. Um, and Adrian's hair was like really starting to, he was starting to lose like this hair on top Yeah. and he got an ad from this company called happy head. And he was like, let me just give it a try. It's like a topical treatment. You have to, you know, you have to talk to a doctor before you get it when it's like a prescription. And it, he used it. He started using it a year before we got married. And if you, could see what his hair looked like then to what it looks like now it's oh really he's got like a full head of hair now it's insane and so anyways we we got connected to the founders and we've been talking to them and i'm talking to them about doing some work with them which i haven't ever talked about publicly yeah it's really new yeah there's nothing set yet but you know i'm like it's like what could be better right such a hair girl and like yeah and and what i've noticed is that like a lot of my friends i'm in my 40s and all of my friends are too. And they're all like, their hair's thinning. There's like, there's a lot of like- COVID made a lot of- Stress. A lot of people yeah. losing hair. So I, there's, I think there's a really big opportunity mm. in that like, you know, 40 plus category. Yeah. And who are like, their hair is changing. Our hair is changing, yeah. you know? So it's exciting. And so, you know, to answer your question, you know, I'm, I, I want to do everything, you know? And I, I <laughs> yeah. was talking to somebody and I'm, you know, I'm exploring a lot of different options from like, whether it would be like to get involved in a fund or something, because like, I want to give everybody my money. Yeah. You know, I, and I, and I have so many investments and so many little investments yeah. in a lot of businesses because there's just so many businesses I believe in. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to harness all of that. Yeah. Right now is kind of where I'm at, where, yeah. where I can like have a very like high level involvement without having to be like in the yeah. is doing like the hard totally because I don't want to do that anymore. yeah you know I did that you paid your dues I paid my dues so yeah I have to figure out like the sweet spot for me and then you know and then I have my second book that's coming out yeah. next yeah. year so I've been working yeah. on that and then I have a couple other like little projects in the yeah. works like in like the tv space that I'm thinking about so who knows yeah like, six months it'll be I'm sure a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah. What, what's the book? Little cliff notes. So the book is, it's basically a memoir with like, you know, my whole story, a lot of what we touched on today, but then with a lot of like business takeaways, oh. like entrepreneurial, like, you know, the entrepreneurial journey and like yeah. lessons of that and yeah. like lessons, you know, it'll be chock full of yeah. good juicy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're amazing. Thank you. Where can people find you? Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm working on a website, okay. <laughs> which will just be aliweb.com. But until then, probably my Instagram is, is the best. Yeah. Because that's you found me. Yeah. Um, Aliweb, it's A-L-L-I-W-E-B-B. Awesome. Thank you for being you. Oh, thank you. Like Thanks truly, you're a breath of fresh air, woman. Thank you. You are, and I will follow you till the end. Oh, so and so I'm super excited and really fortunate to have you here. Thank so. You so Thank you, everyone. And you can find everything we mentioned in the show notes.